Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Friday edition of The Drive, TGIF, and what's turned out to be a gorgeous, another gorgeous day. We had some rain and pretty heavy rain early this morning. I mean, early this morning, but uh, the, the wind has come in. We've, it's been a little breezy, but just a gorgeous day. Hope everybody doing well. Uh, it's, it's Bill and got Don Dunn, Coach Dunn, back in the studio again today. Don, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having Man, me. What, is, is this not just, I mean, great weather? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. When I was coming home early this morning, like we were talking, it was pouring down rain about 5.15 a.m. And man, it it was coming down in sheets, and then Don pulls, folks. You know, <laughs> if you didn't know, I mean, Don's Don pulls all nighters a lot of the time. But no, nah, he's he's actually he's actually working and getting countries ready to go there overnight. What time again? What time do you go in usually? Uh, usually, like tonight, I'll go in uh, no later. I'll be there no later than one thirty a.m. When do you sleep, Don? Well, I I'll go home after the show and get a little bite to eat and go back and. Get my big recliner and watch a little gun smoke and <laughs> doze off. And then, luckily, I don't require a lot of sleep. I never have. Now, my son, he could sleep 24 hours a day. Wow. But I just. Yeah, I was just wondering. I mean. Then I'll come home in the morning. And I, take I would imagine you'd have to crash a little yeah, bit I'll, after. I'll get a couple uh, hours. After being up all night. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it gives me something to do in retirement, and I enjoy it. And uh, then, uh, like on the weekends for home football games, now it's a whole different deal. I'm there all night. On Friday, right. getting ready and then, for the and then, you, and then you want to be awake during the yeah. games too. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. So I go home, get a real quick nap, and then get up and watch football all day. Wow. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, glad you're glad you're here. Thank you. And uh, we, we'd love for you to join in as well here on this Friday edition of the Drive. You can uh, give us a call on the Drive hotline, which is sponsored by Skybar. 334-321-1390 is that number, or you can text us on the Drive text box which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who also sponsor the podcast of the show. If you miss any part of any show, uh, you can uh, go back and check them out wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast, again, brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And if you'd like to text us, uh, you can text in at 334-564-1840. Busy time. I mean, uh, maybe not everything going on on campus, although you got softball going on on campus. Gymnastics is tonight. Baseball is down in Jacksonville. We'll be checking on that. There's been some rain down there, so it looks like it'll be a little late getting started. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow, basketball in Athens. We have some uh, we have some fun things lined up for you. I mean, it's Friday. We will check in with Barrett Salee in about uh, 10 minutes or so. And then a little later on this hour, we'll see if we can check in with uh, Hall of Famer Sonny Smith. But we also have audio from Butch Thompson, from Bruce Pearl, 
from uh, both baseball and basketball players. But your calls come first. We'd love to hear from you as we get underway here on this Friday. And uh, there are some really interesting things going on. Yesterday, Don, mm-hmm. um, we, we were talking about a story that broke on Yahoo. Ross Dellinger wrote this um, with a little more info. We had been talking about signing dates and the um, the fact that there's so much going on in the month of December. Well, Yahoo got with Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, and he had some really interesting things to say. The Southeastern Conference is going to propose, they are, they are very much in favor of moving the early signing period from late December where it is, you know, it's, it's usually the week of Christmas or right. within a week to 10 days of Christmas. And that is right in the middle of preparations, not just for bowl games, but, but starting this year, you're going to have playoff games being played on December 20th and, and 21st. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't make any sense for teams to try to be signing the majority of their signing classes while they're playing or pre- preparing for a playoff game. So what the SEC is going to propose is that the early signing period be moved to the first Wednesday in December, which would you know be somewhere the you know the third, fourth, something like that, because the the Wednesday before conference championship games is when they would like the early signing period to be. And the SEC is also going to propose that the entire month of December be a dead period for recruiting. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first read that, I'm thinking, well, I, does that not pertain to the transfer portal? We, well, I, we'd have to see about that because, of course, Right now, the transfer portal opens as soon as teams finish their regular season. Um, now, as, as I read later on in the article, though, um, the SEC, Greg Sankey not stopping there. He said that the Southeastern Conference would like to propose that the transfer portal at the end of the season just be eliminated. And there only be one transfer portal, and that would come at the end of spring. I don't see any way that 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 is going to be acceptable to players who I think would then challenge that legally. Yeah, I don't see how, like we talked earlier, how, how are you going to have a spring practice? I mean, well, I, I mean, just... you'd you'd have players that were wanting to leave. If if you don't allow players to enroll at another school midterm then then everybody's then everybody's so far behind i mean i think that's the sec uh, I, my feeling is greg sankey is throwing a lot of things out there mm-hmm. knowing they all won't stick right but i i do like the idea of the signing period being moved up to the first wednesday in december yeah i do too right now that would be december the 4th which is you know early early enough that's good then the whole month would be dead, as you said. So Yeah, I guess and, yeah. and and if you didn't change the transfer portal, it would be dead as far as recruiting first time signees. Right. Uh you, you'd still be able to I guess you'd still have to deal with the with the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um but I but that would be a significant, significant change. I thought it was interesting. Um Sankey also said um now he brought up what we were also talking about. He said 
Yes, there had been some talk about an earlier signing period preschool, but what Greg Sankey said was that's something that would need to be okayed by high school coaches, and he said that the high school coaches from the state of Texas had said absolutely not. So they're really worried about players opting out and not playing their senior senior year of high school. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. I I don't see how that can pass. I'd hate to be a high school coach and have my best player sit out. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. And your job's on the line like you were talking yesterday. Yeah, so um, so we'll see, but I, I would think the most the most significant thing from that is uh, moving the the early signing period up. Now today comes news that is uh, once again not good as far as the NCAA is concerned, and it is it is making what people have called you know the wild wild west even wilder as Tennessee and Virginia have one in their battle against the NCAA. You know, the NCAA had stepped in and said, Tennessee and Virginia, you cannot have uh, NIL collectives cannot be involved in recruiting. They cannot be telling prospective student-athletes what they could make. The courts have struck that down. Wow. So that is that is huge news, um, and, and that – that goes to, you know, we'd been hearing the plans certain states had. Tennessee, Virginia, Texas was another where they they wanted the collectives on campus, mm-hmm. wanted them to be there and be part of that. So now if uh, it looks like the NCAA is not going to be able to um, – I, I don't think they're going to be able to overcome this. And what that would mean is when a prospect comes on campus, there's no problem with them finding out exactly – what that school thinks they're worth. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, is that is – I can't – just just imagining this a couple of years ago. No. It was impossible. No. There's no way you would have ever thought we'd have something like this going on. But uh, uh, but the, this another big blow to the NCAA, another huge um, boost for, for players and those programs that have – um, you know, very successful NILs. Yeah, the the rich get richer. Oh yeah, no no question about it. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that that is big big news mm-hmm. today. Sticking uh, here's, here's something else. Let's see. I mean, we we've got all the other things going on, and we'd love to hear hear from you. Um, did want to let you know uh, some interesting updates today on the on Auburn's official athletic site. It's funny. I was telling you, Don, I looked just yesterday. I started right. thinking, you know, spring football Tuesday. is just a few days away. It starts on Tuesday. Yeah. And generally, we're going to get new rosters. We'll get uh we'll get the numbers for all the newcomers. We're going to get adjusted heights and weights on players. And so I looked yesterday and uh, didn't notice anything changed. As a matter of fact, all the newcomers were down at the bottom alphabetically. <laughs> yeah. Well, today Auburn updated its football roster online, and uh, there are quite a few changes. But one thing that jumped out at me is a lot of players are lighter than they were a year ago. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive lineman in particular. Yeah, the the the, the guy that really jumped out at me, Isavian Miller, mm-hmm. who played at three eighteen a year ago, is listed at two ninety one. I mean, he's down. Um, 
few other guys are down um, a few pounds here or there. I mean, it's not like Auburn's going to be tiny up front. It looks like uh, per, the, the, the largest player on the roster is the transfer, Percy Lewis, who checks in at 37355. Uh, that, 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 that is a large young man. Yes. Um, but, I mean, the rest of the offensive line, like Dylan Wade's, uh, down three pounds to 304. Connor Lewis up three pounds to 293. Uh, I mentioned Isaiah, but Isaiah and Miller down 27. Um, I see that, uh, um, uh, let's see, Jaden Muskrat's up a few pounds. He's up eight. Tyler Johnson at 6'6 is 313. Favor Edwin is down a few pounds since he was listed as signed. But all across the roster, I see guys that are five to 10 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. And and you said something I think yep. is exactly right. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Freeze wants to hurry up more. Uh, you know, no huddle, uh, tempo, mm-hmm. and you have to be in great shape. And it sounds like they've been working on their conditioning a lot, uh, turning um, you know some of the body fat into muscle. And uh, if you're going to be up tempo and go go go, you got to be in great shape, and yep, you got to lose a couple pounds. Yeah, so uh, we we can run over some of those, and uh, uh, if if you'd like to hear some of the some of the numbers that uh, the newcomers have when you go out there, I know one of the first ones everybody wanted about is Cam Coleman. He's wearing the eight that he wore at uh, Central, mm-hmm. so he he is number eight. Um, Walker White is number 11, the uh, freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll hit some of those highlights as we move on, but we need to get to our first break because we're going to check in with Barrett Salee when we come back here on the Friday Drive. The Orthopedic Clinic. Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan's down in uh, Mobile getting ready for uh, the the Troy-South Alabama women's basketball game. He'll, of course, handle the play-by-play for the Troy women. Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with me. We've got Drew at the controls. And it's Friday afternoon, so we welcome in our good friend from college football, smothered and covered, and that's Barrett Salee. Barrett, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm great. Just uh, watching a little spring training action, and uh, unfortunately the Dodgers are uh, winning again. But I guess they're going to get that out of the way now because they're not going to be doing an awful lot of that uh, in the uh, spring and summer and certainly in the fall when they uh, run into the Braves buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, that – that team that's struggling to find a little talent out there on the West Coast uh, will we'll probably stub their toe a few times this year. But man. I mean, it, you reek of desperation if you're a Dodger <laughs> fan, and uh, you know you got to do what you got to do. It's gonna, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna come back to haunt you. Though. Oh man, it's a shame Dan's not in here because that's you, you, you know that you know that's his team. Uh, he just he didn't, he he just wants more. It's like, come on, man, you're greedy. You're getting them all. It's like, oh my. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, speaking of winning, uh, it looks like at least early on here, uh, the players, the athletes continue to win after the, uh, uh, judge in Tennessee granting a preliminary injunction, keeping the NCAA from punishing any athletes, I guess, or boosters for negotiating, uh, NIL deals during their, uh, recruiting. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to lose as much as the NCAA loses. But, yeah, here we are. I mean, that's not that much of a surprise. It's, you know, no. The whole case that the NCAA built was just founded on, you know, a quicksand. There was no way that any court in the world was going to uphold the NCAA trying to punish a team for breaking rules that didn't exist. And um, as we've seen, the the rules that the NCAA written on uh, written were um, were they weren't valid. They they didn't address any of the issues that they claimed to address. And so, uh, not that surprising. And um, you know, it's uh, it's the wild wild west. I, you know, that's the way things have become. But you know, there are some good and bad things attached to it. But in this in this instance, I, I don't see how anybody would expect it anything different. No. Um, and it's the last best job the NCAA has because I mean they can't go go back at this issue. I mean there's just no way they can possibly win. No, I mean they uh, they, they sort of uh, just said okay, have at it, and then we'll we'll try to come back and see what we can do uh, after the fact. And there's there, there's no way that they're going to be able to do anything. You just wonder how long it will be before the the super conference is officially formed. I mean the SEC and. And Big Ten have formed that advisory group and and some comments from from Greg Sankey over the last couple of days um, are are basically like, here, we're going to make the rules and it doesn't really matter what the NCAA has in effect. It does seem like it's going in that direction. Um, you know, I think the, the one question I have and the one, I guess, concern that I have is will at some point uh, Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti, for that matter, actually start looking out for the best interest of their sport. Because this alliance, to me, is that they had, I thought it was going to go in that direction, but then in the playoff meetings, we hear that the SEC and Big Ten are clamoring and lobbying for more automatic bids than right. the rest. And it's like, okay, well, if, if you're going to have an alliance, okay, well, what are you actually aligning with? Each other and fighting everybody else? Or each other to start a conversation on how the, the sport should be better. I think, I don't even know if they know that, to be honest with you. It's, it's a really weird situation that they have because it does feel like, you know, it's at times it's just going to be the Big Ten and the SEC versus the world. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was crazy when the announcement was made that uh, we're going to a 5-7 format, which makes perfect sense since you only have – four major conferences now. Um, but, but I mean, in the same breath comes, oh, but uh, there was some discussion about already increasing it to 14 <laughs> next year. I mean, it's the slippery slope is here, and it, it's further proved, and they've even said this, and I said this on our, my show today, like they flat out said that it's all about access and money. Yes. And it's, I've been saying that for years, that the goal of the playoff isn't to reward a champion, it's to get, to get gain access and get money. And and now they've seen what kind of windfall they can have, so they're just going to keep adding and adding and adding because that's what television revenue, that, that they, they know they can get the TV, TV bucks. So, I mean, it's, it, it's funny because in my mind, the argument about settling it on the field, that was always the one thing that was used against the BCS. And now it's used for the BCS. Now I, I think it's proper to use it against the 14-team playoff because if you're telling me a 9-3 and SEC team that finished fourth in the conference deserves a shot in the national championship game or deserves a national championship, you're out of your mind. There's absolutely no way that's the case. So 
steadily on the field by gaining more spots and, and creating more access. You're actually creating uh, a lesser version of the regular season. And, you know, it kind of goes back. I guess my opinion on this is uh, just kind of is a genesis of, of something that I've thought for a long time. I don't know about you, but enjoying college football to me has very little to do with the national championship. Like I, I really yeah, oh, that's a bonus is what much. that is. You're yeah, you're right. That, that's that's a TV thing. I enjoy the game for what it is, like the the pageantry, the 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 rivalries, you know, all that stuff. And yeah, there's going to be a national champion. Great, that's cool, that's awesome. But it, it feels like TV executives and commissioners have decided that's the only thing that matters, and mm-hmm. that's a shame because um, it really it really isn't what matters to me well college football has always been the 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 outlier among sports i mean a devil's advocate would say well barrett what are you talking about uh, wild cards can win the uh, the world series they can win the super bowl you can have uh you know you can have a play-in team make it to the final four why shouldn't it be that way in football well it's a completely different sport <laughs> it's a different <laughs> landscape yeah um, you know it's, that's just the way things are. Like you said, it's an outlier, but that's good to me. You know, I, and, and honestly, in my opinion, um, you should not have automatic bids in the NCAA tournament for March Madness, but it's college basketball. That's a, you know, to me, comparing that is like apples and oranges. But even at pro, in pro sports, you know, it's, it's tolerable to have divisions and conferences, but um, because there's more parity um, and, and rosters are, are relatively similar, at least in theory, they try to be. Um, but even then, like, I don't – why does the American League champion and the National League champion have to meet in the World Series? Like, I don't, why? Like, for what reason? Well, because they team? used to because they never played each other. Would what, That well, was yeah, the reason. But, like, they, but not anymore. Eastern Conference and Western Conference, AFC and NFC. Like, what? Why? It doesn't – like, that, I think my opinion on everything sort of dates back and is founded in the fact that not all conferences and divisions and, and not all – Teams are created equal in any sport. I think it's tolerable in other sports and professional sports, but it's a different landscape in college football. And that's why I like it. I like the way college football is formed. And I think more people should appreciate it and not try to make it the NFL. Hey, under the format that we have now, how do you feel about the four uh, the four teams that get buys are going to be the four highest-ranked conference champs? Is that fair? No. I mean, I, I did our uh, – I did our uh, – or my uh, – Preview or picks for the twelve team playoff this year. Guess who I had number four? Uh, Oklahoma sec- State. Uh, hmm. I mean, someone's got to be there. Yeah, I mean and- that's the thing. You know, there's going to be a second team from a gr- a conference that has you know two great teams. Or, I mean, uh, it, it almost feels like this is just done to make sure Notre Dame doesn't get a first round bye. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> Like, it, the whole thing is ridiculous. You're telling me that Georgia, in a 12-team playoff situation, like, let's get the Georgia-Florida State thing from last year. You know, let's yeah. put aside what it meant in last year's format. Because Georgia lost one game, and it happened to be the SEC championship game, that they're not a top four team. I mean, okay, maybe. Florida State won the ACC. They're in, like, it's just the whole thing is – is ridiculous to me. Um, any automatic bid is ridiculous to me. Well, it it, it just, it's as if uh, well, in, in addition to the Notre Dame thing, it's like to try to continue to incentivize 
playing for the conference championship, winning the conference championship. It's like that's the carrot that you have out there because if you win the conference championship, you get a first-round bye. If you lose, even if you're one of the best two teams in the country, you've got to play the first round. Well, and, and like, but honestly, like, what? why should the ACC get an automatic bid? It shouldn't. Over two SEC. Unless they're one of the four best teams. The four best exactly. teams ought to get the first round by. Exactly. But, you know, I don't know. It, it's almost like they're trying to overcomplicate things and bureaucracy has taken over. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Almost like? <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, and, and, and I was, uh, um, to, to the comments that uh, Greg Sankey was making yesterday, I agree with the signing period if you're going to have a December signing period have it move up there before conference championships but there's no way that they're going to be able to eliminate a transfer portal at the end of the regular season or nobody would be able to transfer uh for the second term and go through spring ball yeah I mean I would they need to make it only a week to me I mean I think a lot of this stuff would change and a lot of it would 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 come together and be more uh, have a better structure if you only had a one-week transfer portal, have it the Monday after championship weekend and end it the following Monday, and I think you should eliminate the early signing period and just bring it back to the first Wednesday of February. Or if you have to have one early, the end of July, whatever. Because if you can have a, a situation where coaches have more of an, a, a structured approach to their roster management, yeah. it would go a long way. And right now there's – I mean, roster man, I wouldn't wish – managing a roster on anybody right now oh no no right now it's 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 virtually impossible it is it's just uh it it is crazy hopefully something can be figured out but hey that's what uh things like like this show and college football smothered and covered are there for to uh to come up with great ideas that they can use yeah and if uh, you listen to the show or watch the show today i uh I went on about a 10, 12-minute rant about uh, the 12-team the, the playoffs and uh-huh. what it means and what they're actually trying to do and that they really don't care about anybody. They don't care about fans. They don't care about teams. They don't care about national championships. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a diatribe that I went off on in today's show. Yeah, that, that's that's always good. Barrett, man, we really appreciate you spending a little time. How'd, uh, how'd the skiing go last week? Well, I only skied one day. I went in with a knee injury. I acted like I was 18 years old on the first day, and now I feel like I'm 80 years old because I've got a giant brace on my knee, uh, and I had an MRI yesterday. So uh, it was great. Hey, let me tell you, Barrett, it only gets better. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Hey, let everybody know about uh, uh, Smothered and Covered. Yeah, it's, uh, you can watch it live on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, watch it on replay on YouTube and Rumble. You can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube Music, uh, all those places. It's available for uh, for download. Try to do it every day, but I was out last week, um, and now apparently I have doctor's appointments for MRIs and orthopedists and things like that. So I try to do it every day. Yeah, uh, well, do it every day. Yeah, well, and it's not necessarily happening. <laughs> well, well, well. Good luck with the recuperation and rehab and everything, and uh, you know, hopefully you're healthy enough for us to talk to you again next week. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> have a great weekend, man. You too. Barrett Salee joining us as he does on Fridays. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. And I'd love for you to join in as we continue here with the Friday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. We're going to do a we'll do a short segment. See if we can uh, catch up with with Coach Sonny Smith. I tell you what we can do, Drew. At around at around four forty, go ahead and see if you can get hold of him. And if we do, we'll get to break. If we don't, then we'll get to break it at the normal time. Again, we have we have some audio that we're going to let you hear. Um, we have Butch Thompson uh, and then uh, players. Chris Stanfield and Tanner Bauman. Uh, basketball, I know we've got uh, Bruce Pearl. The Tigers and Bulldogs tomorrow over in Athens. That's a 5 o'clock start. Baseball was supposed to have started at 5 o'clock today, but uh, it's been raining in Jacksonville, so we will we'll keep an eye on that and update you. Now, um, let's see. I guess, yeah, baseball should be on Wings 94.3 as well today uh, when it, whenever it gets underway. But, but, yeah, I'll pull that up so we can keep an eye on that because I also wanted to be able to update you on um, softball as, uh, well, that is a final now as Auburn knocked off SEMO, that southeast Missouri, 8 nothing. Auburn won. Now, they were going to play two games today, but a team uh, had to pull out so Auburn with just one game today, I believe they have two games tomorrow and two games on Sunday. So uh, already off to a, a good start there. So uh, uh, we'll keep you updated again. Baseball today, um, Auburn taking on Iowa with their um, round first-round prospect starting pitcher in uh, Brady Brecht, and that ball game supposed to be starting at 5 o'clock They'll update. Uh, we'll, we'll get updates when it gets started. So, um, so we'll keep you up on that. I was mentioning a little while ago that the that Auburn football has updated the roster. And Don, one thing I told you that I I was a little surprised at when I looked. I was just updating a couple of players that changed numbers. A um, couple of players. I mean, we have quite a few players whose weight's gone up or up or down a pound or two. But there are a few guys. I looked at the tight ends. Uh, you know, I was talking about the offensive lineman being down. Tight ends down a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather is down. Brandon Frazier's down 15 pounds. Um, so you see that they're, they're wanting to be a little leaner. Right. And like, like we talked, I think it's all due with the type of offense coach wants to run. Uh, the up-tempo and mm-hmm. no huddle, hurry up. It really puts the defense at a disadvantage. I hated it. <laughs> As <laughs> yeah, a defensive sure. coach, and it took a while to adjust to oh, it. Oh, no kidding. And uh, you cannot sub. And I know they've changed the rules some, but when well, I if was, you make a sub, yeah. if the offense makes a sub, the defense has right. time. Now, it wasn't and, like that and when now, I was coaching yeah, And early. now defensive coordinators have realized, oh, that, that could really be advantage because if, if the offense makes a substitution – and there's not a ton of time. You take your time and mm-hmm. really slow it down even more. Try to let them get their breath. But, yeah, see, that, that that's a rule that was not in when I was still coaching oh, yeah. when it first came in with the run and shoot and the hurry up and the up-tempo. And it was a pain in the neck. And it just – you couldn't sub. And then you had a big lineman trying to run all the way out on the field and you get 12 men on the field. and Very frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, now, but anyway, one of the things that I noticed, uh, I didn't see any surprises on the roster except for one, and that was to see Oscar Chapman. I thought Oscar was was done. I thought the the bowl game was his last game, but he is on the spring roster, and uh, that is a huge weapon 
for Auburn to have. And, I mean, you talk about special teams, the kicking being in excellent shape with Alex McPherson back, the addition of Towns Magoo, and now Oscar Chapman returning. Auburn's got as good a situation with kickers, I think, as any team in the country. Yeah, that is a plus. Uh, you know, that's one-third of the, of the game, and you can get beat or you can win with your kicking game and defense. But, yeah, to have that guy back, that's really big. And then I, I listened to that uh, the games on you know during the fall, Auburn High, and that guy, anytime they got over the 50 or close. Oh, they got, yeah, you get near kicking. the 50, you're, you're in scoring range. Yeah. He's something else. Yeah, he really is. Um, so, uh, so looking forward to the start of spring ball. First day of practice will be Tuesday. They're going to practice around four o'clock. I think uh, the weather, most afternoon. The weather should be nice. Oh, it's going to be warm. It's going to be 80s. Uh, not 80s. Upper 70s. 70s. Yeah. Wow, that's unusual. Yeah, no kidding. Coldest I've ever been is a spring practice. In my life. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I could, a lot of times you get that cold snap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and damp. Yep. Uh, but, but it looks like it's going to be nice for the start next week. Of course, we have the indoor, the nice facilities now. Oh, yeah. All we have is a little bubble. <laughs> I remember and, the old yeah, bubble. It, it, well, it wasn't cold in there. No, it was hot as heck. No kidding, man. It was like it was like being yeah, absolutely <laughs> being in a sauna or a hot house. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could have been great for your plants yeah. or something like that. But uh, but yeah, so um, so we we will be obviously uh, getting to every one of the media opportunities and watching practice when we have the chance. We'll get to our final break here of hour number one because uh, we're going to be joined by Coach Sonny Smith when we come back here on the Friday Drive. It's time to stop dealing with unreliable. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Hope everybody doing well. Again, a beautiful Friday afternoon as... Uh, as we continue here with the show, and very pleased to be joined once again by Hall of Fame coach and one of the most uh, entertaining analysts you will ever hear, and that is Coach Sonny Smith. Sonny, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys today? Man, we're doing fine. Love this. Love this weather here. Uh, um, just you know, giving us a little tease as as we uh, as, as we're as we're still here in the month of February, but. Uh, it's amazing. Oh, it really <laughs> is. Hey, a good. I really thought that uh, it took a long time. I mean, Auburn and South Carolina, the last two teams to get a break midweek, but it probably couldn't have come at a better time for Auburn after uh, that that loss to Kentucky and then the the loss of Jalen Williams, having to try to you know figure how they're gonna um, you know fill in for the loss of, of a guy that's so important to the team? Well, I knew we would overcome the loss to Kentucky. We were a very good team, and we played them extremely well. But I, did, I, I wasn't thinking about the loss of uh, a player that we've got to have. So right. somebody, and I think you guys have already talked about it, somebody's got to step up. One guy's got to step up. Now, he may be back for some parts of this game, 
but he was such a major part of this ball club that uh, he was a go-to guy at times. He was an outstanding defender and could rebound a basketball. That is a tremendous loss for a team that's in a part of the schedule where t- other teams they're playing are playing really good basketball, and they are at this point. So it's it's a tough road for us right now. And if I had to mention one thing that uh, that I think is it really important, somebody has got to step up. We've been playing eight, seven to eight guys every night. One of the seven eight has got to step up and and play well to get. And actually, Jalen may be back for all I know, but if not, somebody else has got to step up. Yeah, I mean Auburn has you know has been the deepest team in the uh, in in the Southeastern Conference, one of those in the country. But uh, now now you may see Janai Broom have to play a few more minutes a ball game. I think we definitely will see Chad Baker Mazzara playing more minutes, Chaney Johnson getting more minutes, and and Chris Moore possibly as well. Yeah, you know, if I had to pick a guy, if I had to pick a guy that had to step up, I think Chris Moore is the guy that's got to step up. The reason I say that, you look back on the contributions, on the contributions of Chris Moore in the past, and they've been really good. Not as well this year, in, in my opinion, as they've been in the past. So I think it's Chris Moore's time to step up, and I think if he does. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, he's such an energy guy, and and he's been. Uh, it's it's really scoring is where you haven't seen him as as uh, uh, productive as in the past. Mm-hmm. Tell you one thing, Sonny. The other day, all right, we had uh, um, we had a media opportunity with Butch Thompson talking a little baseball first thing in the morning uh, on Wednesday. And when we mm-hmm. uh, when we walked in, there's Cheney Johnson out there just working, shooting and shooting and shooting. And apparently, he he had done this. He's been doing the same thing every morning. And he was out there after practice, after basketball practice Wednesday afternoon. He was back out there working on it. So, uh, you know, Cheney's a guy. We saw him nearly have a double double a couple of games back. He's really athletic. Um, he's a guy that. That I think that um, uh, I think is going to get an opportunity to to show what he can do now too. Well, I think he will. I think we will be okay, except for one thing, and that's foul trouble. If we can stay yeah. out of foul trouble with the group that we got left, I think we can be just as good. At, well, I don't know about as good as we've been, but we still be a very very competitive team, a, a team that can win any game. And uh, I, I think it's all going to depend on foul trouble and. And and that that has not happened recently. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, of course, going on the road, you never know uh, how things are going to go. I'm sure that Georgia is going to to do as we've seen other teams doing lately, and that's especially without Jalen is doubling Janai Broom and seeing if somebody else can can be a problem there inside. Um, just just wondered, uh, you know, Bruce hasn't really talked about this. But there's there's been some rumblings of perhaps Janai getting some work at the four with Dylan Cardwell. I don't think we've seen that this year. Or uh, maybe Chad Baker Mazzara getting a little work at the four against teams that don't have the big physical power forwards. I don't know. I don't really know which one of those things have. It doesn't matter which one happens. How we finish at the start. And if either one of those guys could make it good at the start, we have had a good bench. Oh yeah, and 
and, and I don't think we, we, we've had that one loss now, and somebody from that bench has got to step up, and I think you put it right there. But I think the guy that could make all of that uh, clear is being able to have Broom on the same floor as, as some of those guys on, on the bench. Mm-hmm. But I think Broom has got to stay out there and not get in foul trouble. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. The other thing, uh, Bruce was lamenting uh, his guard play from the other night, feeling that it, it hasn't been up to what he expected or what we'd seen. It was really crazy against uh, Kentucky that Auburn's point guards had zero assists because they've been putting up uh, – I mean, even with Aiden Holloway struggling shooting the ball, the assist-to-turnover ratio has been really, really good – uh, but but Kentucky was able to really slow that down and stop it. Auburn's got to get better production, better play out of their point guard against Georgia and down the stretch. No question about that. Guard play is going to be the major factor. And thing that thing that people have mentioned to me is that well, Sonny, are we too small at the guard? We are small, and we're smaller than most of the teams that we play. But we've been we've been getting protection from the standpoint of rebounding long rebounds, uh-huh. not allowing guard play to beat us on re- second chance opportunities at the goal. We've been able to handle that. And if you think about it, our our, our from a standpoint of height, we play some awfully small guards. Oh, you're you're right, and that's one of the reasons I think that we've seen Denver Jones getting a little work at point over the last couple of games. And he can do that, but I don't know if he can do that from a fa- from a standpoint of contributions and staying out of foul trouble. From a point guard has got to, uh, if you think about this, most of the time your point guard has got to guard people more minutes than anybody else on the floor, and more minutes means you're guarding somebody that's controlling the game, like a point guard, and and usually point guards are never slow. And you're going to have to guard somebody that's really quick. And foul trouble is a factor all the time in that. Oh, yeah. Um, as as Auburn goes into the Georgia game, one question that a couple of folks have asked me is, with Jalen out uh, and Auburn, uh, you know, Auburn's been great. Bruce has been able to keep most players under 25 minutes a game. Uh, if they need, if a few, if, if a couple of players, because of Jalen being out, need to stretch that up to closer to 30 minutes a game, are you a little worried about them? It's hard to imagine that, I mean, I know the season's been long, but uh, hopefully having this um, midweek without a ball game would be able to, to maybe get their legs back under them and, and, and help if they needed to go an extra few minutes. Well, I think that's got to happen. And Dylan, Dylan Cardwell, for instance, has yep. got to be more of a factor in this game. He's going to have to play more minutes, and he's going to have to make some contributions point-wise. And, if he, and not so much that he hadn't been, but he's had people substitute in for him that, that were make, doing those, some of those things. And so if, if he could become just a little bit more of a scorer in the game so that he could play more minutes, and uh, he gives you good minutes. But you don't look at at him at all as, as a scoring factor because he doesn't look to score. Uh, but I think if he would look a little bit more, it would make a factor in this game, be a factor in this game. Oh, yeah. Georgia coming up tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock. Uh, one thing, and I, I'm sure that, that uh, Bruce and the staff are – uh, making sure of is that they're not looking ahead to Tennessee next week because no. you can't afford to look ahead in this league. 
You can't go on the road anywhere in this league and look ahead. Now, you might play a team at home and look a little ahead at times if you could still win that game. You can't go on the road and look ahead and win any game. And uh, and, and that the reason I say that is not your own team. It's a factor that this league is so good from top to bottom. Right. You can get beat by the bottom team as easy as you can get beat, but not as easy, but you can get beat easily by the bottom team in the league. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. Should be a good one tomorrow. The first, it's crazy to think that uh, Auburn and Georgia played twice here in the last five ball games. Yeah, that's not good. That's two big games. They're the biggest games that you play. You don't need them back to back or not back to back, but down that close close together. And and that's not, uh, I don't know anything about where this is bad about schedule. I know how that ended up, but that's not good for either team, to be honest. I agree with you. Sonny, really appreciate it. It's great uh, great to be able to spend a little time with you. We always enjoy it. Uh, so I uh, want to thank you for that and uh, wish you all uh, the, the, the best this weekend. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I enjoy talking with you guys. I really do. All right. Thanks. Take care. Coach Sonny Smith joining us uh, here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Just about out of time here for hour number one. Again, we'll, we'll keep up uh, – Text texted me. They're down in Jacksonville there getting ready for the first game, uh, which has been uh, slowed up a bit by by the rain. We will check in with him down in Jacksonville. We'll let you hear some audio from the coaches about the big ball games this afternoon and tomorrow. Love to hear from you, though. 334-321-1390. That's the Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar here on the Friday Drive. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two here on the Friday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Gorgeous Friday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Hope you were with us in hour number one. It was a fun first hour. We had Barrett Salee on. We had Coach Sonny Smith on. If you missed any of that, check out the podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, they are brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors who also sponsor the Drive text box, 334-564-1840. Of course, you can call us on the uh, Drive hotline, and that is sponsored by Skybar. And the Drive hotline is 334-321-1390. So we'd love for you to join us here on the uh, Friday edition of the Drive. Hour number two is just underway, and the second hour of the show brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Uh, yeah, he hung up on you. Uh, see, we're, it's because he's not used to being called. Texted, texted and said, hey, call me. There's a big crowd down here in Jacksonville. So I got Drew the number. He probably didn't rec- – well, he should recognize the number. He's right. called it enough times. <laughs> we're going to see if we can get uh, – I'm going to see if we can uh, get with Tex and talk with him a little bit about uh, 
Uh, he said there's a really good crowd, good, good Auburn crowd down good. there on hand for the opening game against Iowa. Is that not his phone number? Does somebody else have his phone? <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out from him here in just a little bit. Yeah, we'd we'd love for you to join us uh, here on the the drive in hour number two. Let's. We will get to the drive hotline. I mean, I guess it's pretty bad when we're resorting to having to call. <laughs> uh, call folks to have them yeah. on the show, but no, he'd asked for it. So, so we called Tex, who's down in Jacksonville for the uh, for the opening game against Iowa. What's the weather like down there, Tex? Uh, right, oh shit! Shoot! I just I almost said a bad word. I just walked outside and it's raining again. Oh we're man! We're looking at the stadium. We're we're two we're two blocks from the stadium, and it's raining. They're in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Virginia and. Uh, uh, Wichita State are right. playing right now, and we're all in a place called the Intuition Ale House. And there's probably, uh, and I'm not sure what ale means, but they have really good uh, craft beer. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's not that's A L E, not A I L. That's why. Cor- correct, and so it's, it, and it's not N I L. No right. So we have uh, a bunch of uh, Auburn families here, and uh, players, you know, parents of players that have been hanging around with us. There's probably 50 of us inside. Sounds like if, if, if you guys can walk, up. it's going to be a pretty a pretty fun crowd there uh, if the weather ever uh, will we'll, we'll cooperate. Well, it had just broken for about two hours and it had been really, really nice. Great. But it's extremely windy and it's going to be nasty. But, look, uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background with the the players, and I won't tell you which ones are here, but all of them are starters that we've been talking to and pitchers. And so the attitude about this team and the togetherness of this team is uh, as good as any I've ever heard. And I apologize. I have to walk in. It's raining so hard I'm getting wet. Oh, no, no. Uh, don't, don't, want you, don't want you to uh, get drenched while you're, <laughs> while you're talking to us. And, and, and so the way the players get along, listening to the parents speak about the kids, and the way they get along, and the the realness that comes with Coach Thompson and his staff, uh, it's had a huge impact on this group of young men. I don't know how tonight's going to go, but I think this season's going to go pretty good. So I just wanted to share that with you. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's I, really kind of neat. Well, you know, and and every time we've talked to any of the players, they've all said the same thing, and and they all seem like they're very they're very it's a very close knit group. Uh, this team yeah. thus far. Yeah, you're right. Tonight, I mean, when you're talking about nasty weather with a guy that can bring it triple digits in Brecht from uh, uh, from from Iowa, that, uh, that that that's that's not the, the the kind of evening you want to spend. So, I mean, uh, it's it's a great challenge for the Auburn hitters. Uh, it's a great challenge, and uh, I would tell you, uh, he's had trouble with control at yep. times. I think we'll be patient. Uh, I think he's. Some people I've heard people compare him to Skeens. I don't think he's the same kind of pitcher as Skeens. Skeens has significantly better control. Oh, tremendous control uh, for for a guy that brings correct. it like that. Yeah, and and had a uh, changeup that was just as good as his fastball. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think you'll see patience. I, I tell you what. Uh, of course, now Virginia and Wichita State are playing, but there's way more. Uh, there's a bunch of Iowa people here too. So, wow, uh, they're pretty excited. Well, a great opportunity it's to leave really Iowa in February and go to go to Florida. Why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I will tell you what it reminds me of is going to a bowl game, or uh-huh. even maybe even going uh, when we were in uh, Arizona for the national championship game. 
there's just a lot of excitement about college baseball, more than I've been around in a long time. So it's, it's really interesting to be around them. And we've got a great group of people. So several uh, Auburn employees are here. So if the university's struggling, that's because they're all down here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to mention who they are either. So <laughs> and It's 5 o'clock on a Friday. It's all right now. Uh, absolutely. So it's in uh, a beautiful ballpark, by the way. Uh, most things are walkable. The Jaguar Stadium's right next to it. It's really a oh, beautiful-looking cool. ballpark. And the great thing is, Saturday and Sunday are supposed to be perfect. So, well, that's good. Just wanted to get get in from down here. Yeah, it's good hearing from you. It's, hey, it's only a six-hour drive from, from Auburn. There's tickets available if you want to come for Saturday and Sunday. Well, all right, bud. That's always a possibility. Hey, hey, if we, we left you, right you now. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you were <laughs> You're invited. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Tex. Y'all have fun. We'll talk to you later. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, Tex checking in from uh, down in Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, Wichita State, uh, Virginia-Wichita State game still in a rain delay. Yeah. And he, like you said, the seventh inning. So they've got to finish that ball game and then get the field prepped and ready. So it'll be a while. Yeah, looking at the radar, it looks like it's just a cell right over Jacksonville, which, like he said, tomorrow is supposed to be beautiful. Yeah, so, so hopefully the rain will get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, we we have some audio from Auburn coach Butch Thompson, and we've got a couple of the players as well. Uh, we, we'll get to that. Uh, we we also have some audio from Bruce Pearl talking about the matchup tomorrow against Georgia. We can get to that as well. We'd love to hear from you though. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We talked in hour number one about the fact that a, a judge in Tennessee. Um, Filing a, uh, allowing a preliminary injunction against the NCAA, which would mean that players and their families can discuss what they would be worth while they're being recruited mm. with the NIL collectives. Wow. That's big. Well, I mean, the <laughs> thing is, it was so nebulous. It was so gray as to what they could do because right. you weren't supposed to be talking with them, but they all knew. Yeah. You know, coaches weren't supposed yeah. to be able to say anything. Yeah. And the NIL wasn't supposed to be saying anything. But these players, yeah. they were getting the information. Right. Uh, I mean, and the next step you're going to see is going to be that they can be right there on campus. They mm-hmm. can be be under the branch of the athletic department. Right. And then they come in and, and players will come in and it's like, well, here's what we have to offer. Literally. Yes. It won't just be the education and the facilities and the the op, you know the opportunity to play in in a in a uh, in a beautiful facility and in front of huge crowds on TV and playing for championships. It'll be and how much you'll get exactly. Yeah, that'll be a part of it. That'll be a part of the uh, when you visit or when you go into the home. Uh, you know, official visits, home visits, that's going to be discussed. I, you know, I it's just, just crazy. I, I can't wait until someone can really tell what they've heard. I mean, you've got oh, yeah. you've got some great recruiting stories, yeah. but I don't know anybody like that, that, that can say, well, when we recruited, and you may not hear the player's name, mm-hmm. but, you know, we, we had a player when we, uh, when we brought him in, he said, well, coach, School A is offering me this. School B is offering me that. What's your offer? Exactly. That's the way it'll be. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. Yeah, and and like we talked a little bit, if you've got it, you've got the resources, you're going to be right up there. You, you better be competitive with yeah. those because now so, it used to be 
uh, playing time, depth chart, right? Uh, you know, TV exposure, uh, TV exposure. Uh, yeah. You know, how how prepared are they going to be for Facilities, to, to move that. on to yeah. the to the next level? Now it's like, yeah, um, ching ching, yeah. It, because if you're not, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, it will matter to some, right? But it but it's going to be very difficult, even if you've got the opportunity and things like that. If if they can make a whole lot more money, it's uh, it just doesn't make you know doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're well enough off, right? Your family's well enough off for you to be able to turn things down. Yeah, and I don't know many people that can turn down say a million dollars. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, wow. I can't yeah. imagine turning down a million dollars. There'd be a whole lot of things I Woo. I probably would do for yeah, that. Yeah, we'd be doing. I mean, a little older, it'd be a little tough for me yeah, to try we, some we'd of them. We'd be doing our show from down south somewhere. Right now. (laughs) Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Yep. All right, we'll go ahead and get to our first break here of hour number two. We've got some audio we can run. Again, love for you to join in, though. Give us your thoughts on, um, you know, if you want to talk a little college football and the way things are heading with with, with the the NIL and some of the proposals by Greg Sankey and the SEC or the playoff. And what do you feel about – expanding it from 12 already or college basketball, Auburn, Georgia, or anything else in uh, college basketball. Again, softball, Auburn beats SEMO Southeastern Missouri today, eight zip Auburn gymnastics with their final home meet of the, uh, of the regular season as they host Missouri tonight, Auburn baseball waiting to play down in Jacksonville against Iowa and Auburn basketball tomorrow afternoon against Georgia. We'll get to that first break. Come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. Crooked Joe Biden is trying to destroy America with his radical socialist ideas. His extreme policies have given us chaos at our southern border, runaway inflation. For a couple of different reasons. One is we're kind of committed to one another, have the best experience we possibly can. Playing in our league does that. Playing in the Southeastern Conference, getting to take trips like this is good. Um, in my time, we haven't been able to go to specifically that region. We've tried to cover top to bottom of our state, and we've been to Arlington. We'll go back there for the next couple of years, uh, but this Jacksonville trip became available, and uh, it's run well. Uh, the people that do it care about college baseball and its growth, and you can tell by the field that will be playing there. Um, so one is for experience. Two is, you know, Probably our ability to host regionals the last couple of years has come with some schedule adjustments, and one of those is taking a preseason trip and or going on the road prior to conference play starting. So this is going to be our opportunity to get on the road, uh, be together, uh, sleep in a hotel, get on that schedule, even though we'll be home, I think, the home team Friday and Sunday. uh, It gets us on the road, and um, these are all the things you start playing on the road and you're playing, um, you know, good competition that it helps you RPI-wise, and it'll answer a lot of questions, thirdly, of who we are and where we're going. So the first four games have provided some of the, that, that for us, but uh, going on the road and playing two top 20 teams, I guess, uh, is going to be something good for us to come back as we're traveling back Sunday for five and a half hours for me to be crystallizing, like, where do we go from here? And, and those are all the things that need to be answered. So getting this team on the road, getting used to that template, uh, playing great competition is been a path for us that we're committed to here for the foreseeable future of going on the road before conference play starts and then learning more about our club. 
those are the three reasons to be able to do this. Uh, three great head coaches, three sincere friends, um, three guys that um, that do a great job running their programs as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge. <clears throat> You know, it's hard to tell, you know. Are, are we a top 25 team? I guess we're not, but I've seen us rank between 14 and 138. So who, do, who how do we define ourselves? I just – those things are worthless. Whoever, whatever your RPI is now, whatever your rank now is worthless. I don't care if you're the number one team in America. It absolutely means nothing. you, you got over 50 games to go out and prove that every single day. Um, for the reasons I prescribed or the reasons we're going and the reason things that we're focusing on to to get better. Um, but I do know we're going to have to see a 100-mile-per-hour fastball on Friday and what's the best, best strategy to be competitive for it. So all the stuff that, you know, makes print and all the stuff that people talk about is not – has nothing to do with us competing this weekend, us – our ability to evaluate a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and get on base and try to find strategies, whether it's – pitch count or is it going to be more aggressive what are the things that we're going to do and that's just the start of a weekend you know these teams are combined 10 and 2 so nobody's lost over one game there's zero or one losses out of the teams in this field it's kind of what it's supposed to be it's kind of what these guys came here to play like hey take us to nice places take us to places that Auburn fans haven't seen us and maybe somebody from the Auburn family is going to see us for the first time and give us great competition where we can continue to grow, stretch ourselves, and get better. And that's going to happen from pitch one on Friday against uh, Iowa starter. So I'm excited about that. And that'll end on Sunday. And how mentally tough can we be after being on the road all weekend and play a team that just, you know, came back from Omaha? You know, we haven't been there in two years. So this is a, a team that's fresh off of that, a team that has a lot of confidence and I just think we have challenges galore, which is fun. Like I'm, I'm ready to get on the bus right now. Is is opportunity the word uh, for yeah. for this weekend? Whether it be to learn about your team, competition, all those things, is is that kind of the buzzword this weekend? Opportunity to kind of kind of put it all out there. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a, a opportunity. It's a test. It's a measuring stick. At whatever word or words you want to use. Um, we can go 0 and 3. We can go 3 and 0 and not have the season we want to have. Uh, we can go 0 and 3 and be the best version of ourselves a month or two down the road. So uh, I've asked these guys to really focus on their effort and process. And I love the seniors. They they came up with some words, and we're rotating these words and thinking about them and focusing on them, whichever one um, you know it, it fits them. You know, we're trying to be consistent and fearless. You know, once we play. Um, these good teams, can we play the same way every day and can we play fearless? Can we be relentless? You know, can we be selfless? Can we think of others? Can can the top of that lineup having it bad on Friday per se, like whether they get on or not, can they absolutely undress this guy? Can somebody have some great at-bats and long-pitched at-bats and just fight? Um, but we're just trying to stay focused around that. And you're right, seeing these opportunities and trying to make the, the most of them. Butch, will you be uh, throwing batting practice to get ready for the 100 mile per hour pitcher? <laughs> yeah, from two feet away. <laughs> it comes out about 57, 58. Don't be, don't be hating, but it's uh, yeah, I'll be about three feet away <laughs> to make that match.
but how do you prepare for that? And, and tell us a little bit about you know Iowa and, and Brody Brecht, I guess is how you say his name. Yeah, uh, a machine. <laughs> I would imagine a lot of quick hands and a machine that you plug in the wall is the only thing that we have to simulate it, in all honesty. But, I mean, if you're watching these kids now, like, I've seen a bunch of velocity in these four games, and, like, if you don't have anything to go with it, man, they're, they're going to meet you at the front door. So velocity is a thing that would maybe my generation would struggle. If you saw somebody throw 90 miles per hour, man, it was like, you know, you had to start swinging really early. Um, uh, but these guys see it so much. And those machines and these cages every day, they're doing quick hands or two strikes. And so you, you better have something to go with it. Um, and undoubtedly, this this young man does. Just from watching video, he's I think he's a preseason Big Ten pitcher of the year. So, um, but that's you know that'll prepare us for our league. You know, we pretty much it feels like one one comes out of our league pretty often, and and just first rounders and Friday night guys and special stuff. So, this this will help us probably to see. Um, uh, a guy of this quality, but I, I don't think any boy that's played and had at bats and gone through this league, I think that's another strength of our league. I, I don't feel like, I mean, he's going to be really good, but uh, we, we've seen it before. And that, that's probably the, the advantage of playing in this league because of the guys that you, you have to see to be competitive in this league. But there, there's no doubt that this is one of those guys where the opportunity to really make people understand that, hey, maybe they got a good ball club. Um, this is one of those opportunities because, like I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, this is a advertised meanest, rankest bull that's out there for, for one of our Power Five conferences. So let's ride because, again, that's how you score when you ride somebody that really can buck high and can turn and, and, and go both directions and, and do some different things. So I think our guys will cherish that. and. Hopefully we'll shorten that outing as much as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, they're going to they're gonna have guys that take bats to the plate too. So I, I think it's going to be more of the same. I, I don't want the four games we just played and feel like we're going to play a different game. There's only one game to play. That's why we're sticking with a pretty consistent lineup. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We're trying to get our guys crafted around there's one game. Um, and, and we can be competitive and – and beat the number one team in America, the number two team in America. The you better be ready to play the number two hundred team in America. It doesn't matter. There's one game, and uh, before I get too carried away, oohing and on over what we're about to play, all we can do is go play the consistent game that we've worked on for months, not try to get on the bus and go create a new game because of who we're playing. But you've talked about the, uh, the the speed that you've got in the lineup. I know you're not going to expect to steal three or four every game, but just talk about how aggressive you want to be and how much that plays into the offensive game plan. Yeah, it's been us a couple of times, but it's absolutely been rewarding. So I think we're probably at double-digit stolen bases. Uh, I just say point of emphasis is what I said this week. Uh, you can tell we didn't just start that game one that we saw. We thought we saw our personnel in the fall, no rocket science whatsoever like, Man, these guys can run a little bit, or at least some of these guys have like a, a brain to run. And you can either have straightaway speed, or you can just have the acumen or ability to be able to to steal a base and have a knack for it. We thought we had some of those uh, pieces um, on our team, and, and 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 Gabe, Carl, you know, did a little research and doing a few things different at first base. But I think the the biggest point is we made it a point of emphasis. 
Um, it bit us the other day on a full count. Um, it, it, it bit us earlier. We've gotten picked off a couple of times, but uh, you, you kind of have to have a mindset of a thief, you know, if you're going to have any interest in gaining 90 feet and taking it. So uh, all in all, it's been good. Um, but there's a couple of trip hazards there that hopefully will continue to grow and, and be good at it. But it, it, we are going to take more risk. We did prepare to run more. And uh, I, I think it's good to see where you made something a point of emphasis and it shows up and, and we'll see how it goes moving forward. How pleased are you so far with the bullpen? Uh, they perform really well. Um, you got a lot of guys in, in the game so far. Just, just talk about your bullpen a little bit, please. Well, that's, you're always thinking about the bullpen. Um, because you can play good for two hours, and that, that last hour, that last inning, is um, that's how you bring it home. And uh, the teams that I've been a part of through all these years as a coach is uh, relief core is tremendously important. Uh, catching is so close to home plate; it's tremendously important. And uh, I, I think they've held up. I just I thought I thought most guys this first cycle, because we're about to start a second cycle of running their arms through, is there's still a few guys that I like, that I believe in, that hadn't pitched yet. Um, I was super excited that four guys had their first appearance for us on Tuesday and did well. And uh, I, I like that a lot. I, Griffin Graves, those two innings for a freshman to come in there and just put his head in the mitt and show a quick arm and drive a fastball. I was tickled to death. Uh, Dylan Watts got out there in the ninth, and that's a good rehearsal for, for him to get out there and, and, and get a ninth underway. Um, got a little work with, like, Tanner, but it was quick. It was awesome and just gives him confidence but gives our team confidence every time they can see that. So, yeah, I, I don't – I thought everybody pitched to their to their range, got the season started, and hopefully this second cycle that they'll – They'll continue to take pride. I hope their work was good this week. I hope they don't feel like they threw too good. I hope they feel like they're getting ready to, to make some adjustments and, and make it sharper, make it better, or at least, you know, I want to I want to reach that performance. And they worked hard all week to be con consistent. You're batting 246, I think, so far. Is that a concern at all, or is it just early in the season? That's just how things go sometimes. I don't know. That's that's confusing. Uh, I don't think four games is enough to, to measure much at all. Um, guys that would we would say, like, not hitting a lot, I would go like, uh, I think Cooper McMurray's going to hit. And if he don't, you'll be screaming at me because I'm not taking him out. Um, Hernandez has a track record, but he's still – he walked three times the other night. He's got RBIs already, some sack flies, multiple. Uh, when he goes into that four hole and makes a play late in the game like the ninth inning not to extend an inning and makes a 360, sets his feet and makes a, a throw to first base. I, we're not in the numbers. Um, I want our players to hear that. I don't care if any anybody else hears it. We're not into it. We're, we're into how good we can play, who we believe in. We went for months and months and months to kind of choose and pick a lineup with a lot of good players. And um, so we're going to hang with them. I love the experience on the field. I love the players, what they're doing. I, I just don't think it's enough. I think we'll, I think we'll hit more and, and maybe not pitch as good the second rotation. And we're not going to get caught up chasing our tail, so to speak. Just keep trying to play consistent winning baseball. UAB scored first the other night. They had twice as many hits. We went 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position, and we won a baseball game. That's incredible. And, and I, I think as a team goes and grows, they'll absolutely play off one another and 
hopefully have each other's back when we have a night like that. I guess the better question would have been, do you like the approaches so far um, batting-wise? Yeah, I think the effort and process has been good. Um, I think we chased a little bit more Tuesday night, um, but I thought UAB did a masterful job of really throwing us tough sequences, and I think they shot for the pin all night. Instead of just laying up safely, they absolutely shot for the pin all night, and I think we struck out nine times. It was our most strikeouts, but we also had th 13 free bases too. That was probably the difference in the game and helped to score runs. We we missed a timely hit. Cooper Weiss in the second inning had bases loaded, absolutely smoked the ball to right field. That could have been big. So I think the timely timely hitting and stuff will come for this ball club. And uh, finding different ways to win makes you a stronger team. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. But I have full confidence that we'll, we'll hit more or raise that batting average. But it, that, that is absolutely not where our minds need to be. Our focus needs to be either. It's Butch Thompson as he uh, met with the media uh, just a couple of days ago. Auburn's still waiting for the Wichita State-Virginia game to be done. At last check, that ball game was in the middle of the eighth with Wichita State leading Virginia 3-2. to two. Uh, There's been rain before that ball game, now during that ball game, and uh, Auburn will play Iowa uh, once once that game concludes and they can get the field ready for game two. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Tiger talk, Tiger takes with Dylan Cardwell when we come back here on the Friday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Uh, again, normally uh, we, we get with Dylan Cardwell for Tiger Takes on Thursday. Auburn was practicing late yesterday, so Dylan couldn't join us then. But uh, he was able to spend some time with Jacob Goins of On the Line. So we have a special Tiger Takes segment for you this afternoon. Brought to you, as always, by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, joined by Dylan Cardwell, Auburn Basketball Center, for the weekly Tiger Take segment here on ESPN 106.7. Dylan, thanks so much for your time, man. Great to hear from you once again. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk a little bit as it has been a technically a bye week uh, for for you and this Auburn basketball team coming off the the game against Kentucky. No midweek game. We'll get to that in a second. But let's go back to that Kentucky game as tough as it is maybe to to talk about it a little bit. Uh, you guys fall to the Cats at home 70 to 59. And before we talk about the game, man, Give us a little bit of insight about what the atmosphere was like the, the the week and the days leading up to that game. I mean, it was ESPN, college game day. You were involved in all of that. You got students camping outside. I mean, what a great event and weekend that it was. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. It's probably one of the best atmospheres I've been a part of, you know, with college game day, with the hype leading up to the game. Um, that's just not something you see on a day-to-day, -day, even yearly basis, you know what I'm saying? So that was probably one of the most hyped games I think I've been a part of. And it was just great to see the Auburn students, you know, show out and camp out, you know, 
days before the game, um, started camping out after our game on Wednesday. So it was just great to see, great to be a part of. And I even spent a couple of days out there just camping out with them, getting to know the Auburn students and then just sharing life with them and, you know, just understanding what they go through and stuff like that. So it was fun. Did you get in on the uh, on that Mario Kart tournament they did? What was that, Thursday or Friday night? Yeah, I'm not a big Mario Kart guy, so I did not. But I did, <laughs> I did play Madden with a couple guys. There you uh, go. I did, play, I did play Madden. I played some cards. Some guys were playing poker, but obviously I don't gamble, so I did not. Well, I did not take that. But I did watch. Um, but it, it was they, they were very creative with all they did, and it was just fun to see uh, coming from an Auburn student and Auburn athlete. Yeah, man, it was it was a, a scene outside, and then you had college game day on Saturday, and then you get to the game on Saturday night, and it was a tough night offensively for uh, for your team uh, for Auburn on on that Saturday against Kentucky. Kind of kind of walk us through what it was that the Cats were doing that kind of threw you guys off on the, your offensive side of the game. It was really nothing they were doing. It was really just us. Um, they did nothing. They did nothing defensively to like throw us off it was just it was an off night and mm-hmm. it was just sad to see you know we didn't give the fans the prime they deserve so um we gotta hit shots um well, that's pretty much it you know we, we we held them to 70 points you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah that's way their average yeah, I mean that's a that's a really offensively talented team, Dylan. I mean you you know that their guard play is really elite, and and they look they they've hit tough shots down the stretch in times, and they've scored a lot of points at times this season. And so in a game like that where you are struggling offensively, and it's not really anything the defense is doing, it, it's tough to overcome it in that moment. But how do you move on from that and kind of maybe forget about that game? Yeah, like you said, just forget about it and realize we got five more games left that are way more important than that one. So um, just being in the moment, being your PR, uh, I trust the guys around me. I trust the, the, the guards around you to hit shots next game. And, you know, BB's been putting a lot of good pressure on us this past week to knock down open shots and stuff like that and really value possessions. So I'm excited to see how we respond against uh, a Georgia team. Well, you bring up the the bye week and sort of some of the things that Bruce Pearl was talking about, and that's where I want to go next. And we we call it a bye week. I mean, you play it on Saturday. You're going to play again this Saturday, but no midweek game. What does that feel like? I mean, that's got to be kind of refreshing. It's late in the season. You finally get that off week. And so uh, what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's been been fun for me. I think a lot of people uh, kind of forget that we're like students and we're people too. So like we're just robots who can go out there and crank out you know, a two game season with no breaks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, it's good for us to have breaks. It's good for us to relax and get caught up on school or get caught up on our friendships and stuff like that because we do we a lot of that during the season. And so, I kind of get overlooked by the by the average person. But you know, this week, it's been refreshing in a sense. Just get away from traveling, get away from you know basketball and stuff like that. Obviously, we worked out hard and we practice hard, but like just not having a game was really cool. Yeah, I think it, you know, just looking at it from from the outside, you don't have to worry about a game day, right? You don't have to worry about getting up and setting your mind right, doing all the right things and and focusing and thinking all day long, okay, got a game tonight, then the whole preparation, the hours leading up to it, and then the game, and then the wind down. Like, it, it's got to be nice not to have one of those every now and then. Yeah, it is nice. It's refreshing, and I, I was grateful that we had one late in the season. I would have preferred next week, if anything, because it's spring break, so... 
Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that may, hey, that makes sense, but hey, duty calls sometimes, right? And, and so mm-hmm. with this off week, you talk about practicing really hard and, and coming off a loss, I feel like a bye week is a perfect time to have that. What are some of the things you guys have been working on in practice that BP has been stressing to you? Yeah, well, we spent a whole day on offense and then a whole day on defense, you know, so that's rare. We usually split them, split them half and half, but okay. today we were just like the past two days where we did a whole offensive practice and a whole defensive practice. So uh, it was pretty fun to be a part of. And it just allows you to get more locked in on one thing over the other. So rather than having your mind, you know, be split and learning plays and then learning the other team's plays in the same day, we were able to learn our plays one day, learn their plays another day. And then today's probably going to be a combination of the two. So having three days to really prepare for another team is really fun because it's, it's easier to remember. Which uh, you can be honest here, Dylan. Which day do you prefer, offensive day or defensive day? I like the guards. So I, I like defensive days. Offensive days they're just more relaxed and stuff, so they're not as as like fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I enjoy them, but energy levels of practice are way higher on defensive days, obviously, because you're you're just like, on offense. You're just like kind of like not going through the motions, but you're just you know doing stuff you already know. Right. So, yeah. Well, that like makes sense. Day. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh and yeah, defense, I mean this that's that's what this team has been built on. It's what this program's been built on for a long time under Bruce Pearl. We're talking with Dylan Cardwell, Auburn Basketball Center here on ESPN one oh six seven. Moving forward for the foreseeable future, no official timetable yet. Um, but you guys are going to have to be moving forward without one of your star offensive players in Jalen Williams. And so um how do you, you know, how do you guys kind of adapt to that and, and figure out a way to play without one of your starting five. Yeah. You know, just, you have, you have one of the best depths in the, in the country. So it's going to be tested and, you know, you lose a guy, a five-year vet, you know, it's tough for any team, but you know, this two will pass and we'll get through it. So we'll be interested to see. Um, I think we had a, we had our first like practice yesterday, kind of without him. Um, when we went live and there's not really like a, drop off or anything, or anything so it'd be interesting to see in games because obviously you know you lose a big piece like that it'll hurt any team so um Kane's ready to step up and the guys around him are ready to step up so it'll just be more you know a, a, a more unit more bigger group of guys scoring and stepping up than just one single person yeah yeah and it seems like to me you know we we talk a lot about about this Auburn team being deep right you guys have a lot of guys that can step in and play but when you lose a guy that plays I mean, 35 minutes a game like Jalen Williams does. Now, uh, everybody else is going to have to step up, play a few more minutes to make sure uh, to make sure you get all the time in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm and not yeah, go ahead. About Cheney. I'm not worried about you know whoever else is going to play the four. And I'm just I'm just worried. I'm not worried about anything actually. I, I think I'm going to step up, and I think we're ready for the challenge. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that these guys, your whole team, you and, and, and everybody you've been talking about has been proven when they get in because you guys have split the minutes up so evenly. You know, Bruce Pearl and the coaching staff have done such a nice job with that where guys like CBM and Cheney have come in and you have come in and whether you start or not, you're still playing significant minutes. And I feel like that's something that, that you guys are going to have to have moving forward, coming down the home stretch in the regular season. It's a scary moment though. When, when one of your guys goes down like that, and especially with the knee leg thing that, that Jalen's dealing with, I mean, that's a scary moment, especially when you don't know what, what it truly was after it happened. 
Yeah, it was a scary moment for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been privileged to say, you know, during my time here, I've never seen anybody go down um, from my team or from another team while I've been playing. So that's been the biggest blessing. And so when he went down, I was like, oh, he's probably going to be back later on in the game. And uh, it never really crossed my mind. It was like anything serious at all, to be honest. Um, like, like I said, my four years of playing, you know, thank God no one's ever gotten hurt. Um, in a serious manner for my team or for the other team. And so, uh, like I said, I was just in good hopes the whole time. And then hearing that, you know, he didn't, you know, tear anything, that was that was the, the biggest blessing in the world because, you know, you would hate for a guy like that who supported so much in this university. He came back for his fifth year to and, – and, and he, like, a couple weeks away from – I mean, he was, like, he was, like, a month away from the end of the season and, right. you know, out for eight months rather than going into his professional career. That would have sucked. But obviously, God watched over him. God protected him. So it was just great to see. You know, he's still good. He's still in good spirits and stuff like that. He's still on the team. So uh, it's been it's been interesting. Well, Auburn will be moving forward without Jalen Williams for a foreseeable time. We'll see what the the timetable for his return is. But that does include this game coming up over the weekend against Georgia on the road, back out on the road in the SEC, heading to Athens. Dylan, what can you tell us about this Georgia Bulldogs team? They're really good at home. They're really good at home. I don't know what it is, but they get like superpowers at home. <laughs> their fans haven't given up. Um, they're way better than their record presumes. Um, you know, like they're still hungry. They're still fighting. They're a team that has stayed together, which is rare in their in their case. Usually, teams just bow out after being you know negative in SEC play, but they're still fighting for something. You know, and that's a huge credit to their players and their head coach. You know, they're still fighting. You know, every game they've had. At um, at Georgia, they've they've either been up by the win or they've been close losses. Like they're up 15 against Bama. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. doesn't happen. So it'll be interesting to see um how this environment is. You know, um, but the last thing we're doing is counting them out because we understand they're like they get a, they get a really good home court advantage. Yeah, and look, man, they're a team that fights. They're a young, hungry team. You know that, and and their head coach is is extremely talented. A guy that's been around the league for for a long time and going into it, who are some of the guys that you have been preparing for that, that you got to keep an eye on tomorrow night and, and take advantage of? Um, who are looking forward to most is probably Jabri Abdul-Rahim uh, lights out three point shooter. So just don't allow him to shoot the ball, please. Yeah. Um, and then number three, Noah Thomason, um, great all around player, really three level scorer, left handed, left lefty, but those are our two guys that we're focusing on to really stop on offense and, and then lose up, yeah, lose up on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going into this game, Dylan, here's what's here's what's exciting about Auburn is you guys still have something to play for. You still have the SEC to play for. It's still open with Alabama, Tennessee, you guys, South Carolina. Like with five games to go, you and your squad are still in it to win the SEC regular season title. Yeah, and that's what's, that's what's crazy. You know, DP said before this um, season started, he said the SEC, first of all, the SEC will most likely have, you know, multiple losses, like three or four losses. No one's going to go over here and dominate the league. And even Alabama, they only have two losses. You know, they could be in the same boat as us. They, have, they had a lot of close games that they just barely won. And so they just show you how tough this SEC is. There's a lot of parity this year. And – you know, I give a great credit to you know transfer portal recruiting from other co- other colleges. 
Well, Dylan, you and uh, you and Auburn heading over to Athens for the game this weekend. You're from over there. Are you going to have some family in town in Athens on Saturday? Yeah, I'm having a good bit. You know, um, my house is like really an hour and a half um, from Athens. So okay, it's not even a far, it's not a far drive at all. Nice, nice. Well, that's going to be exciting for you, and and I hope that uh, hope you're able to enjoy it, see some family while you're over there. Auburn and Georgia will be tomorrow night in Athens, and we thank Dylan Cardwell for his time each and every week here for Tiger Takes. Man, hey, have a safe trip over there. Good luck tomorrow night, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tiger Takes proudly presented by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break. Mitch, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Friday Drive. This is Lee County Revenue Commission. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes. And let's head to the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, guys. I uh, wanted to uh, uh, talk to Coach Dunn a little bit about barbecue. I'm kind of a <laughs> not myself. All right. Um, uh, Coach, now, uh, I, know, I know you work at uh, uh, Countries now. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, uh, you guys do it old school with uh, hardwood coals, or do you do the gas thing? We do wood, yes, mostly oh. oak. Yeah, that's a concern when it's uh, awful wet. Yeah, so I've got about uh, – 50, no, about 25 uh, pieces of wood in my old car. I always want it to be dry. <laughs> so when it okay, rains, okay. I get it out and put it in, on the smoker. But we use oak wood, yes. Oh, well, outstanding. Yeah, I mean, I spent 20 years in North Carolina, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they, they do wood and gas. Right. But, but I was just curious. Okay, now do you ever barbecue at your house, oh or yeah, you take advantage of the pit. Oh yeah, I, I uh, like tomorrow. I'll do ribs at home for my wife and I. I got some baby backs today over at Winn Dixie, uh, so I'll uh, take the membrane off and uh, put a mustard base on them and season them up and slow cook them tomorrow afternoon. Okay, now have have you ever um, brined your ribs? Yes. Or or anything yeah, like I, that? I use brown sugar, salt. Uh, bring it to a boil, let it cool to temperature, and then soak them overnight for 24 hours. We're going to have to start charging you for, for, for Don's <laughs> recipes here now. Hey, I do the same thing. I was wondering how he did it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> man, I'm hungry now, Don. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. Fun show today. Hey, thanks again for coming in. Uh, next week, let's see. We'll, uh, we'll get with you. I know Dan is here Monday and Tuesday. I'm probably out Monday. We'll, we'll I guess Just I'll find out day to day. But yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Have Enjoyed a great, it. have a great weekend. You guys too. Thanks, Drew. All right, our thanks to uh, to all of our listeners. And uh, yeah, Monday, I know that Dan and Brian will be here talking about everything going on over the weekend. I may be here too as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.